Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Dabblers Book Club podcast. This is the podcast for people who have never read Chaucer and probably never will. I am your host, Hadjar. And I am your other host, Curtis. <laughs> Hello, Curtis. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Um, it's Sunday night. It is. Have you had a nice week? I've had a really nice week. Uh, I had a really lazy weekend, actually. You've been there for all of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went for a walk with my friend this morning while you... Uh, did the laundry. I did laundry. I did 5K. I ran around the park. Well done. New year, new me. Uh, this is book number five in our series. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> this, is a, this, is, this could be a really punchy one. Um, yeah. This, so. this was definitely Curtis's choice this week. So I think the other books have... Uh, we've kind of alternated, roughly alternated, sort of two for me, one for you. Um, yeah. But you know what I did like? Um, so the last one, Normal People by Sally Rooney, mm. you recommended me a book. You actually didn't think I'd like it. Yeah. And I, I was so excited to pod it yeah. to tell you how much I liked it. It was great. And I know it's going to be the same with this exactly. book. It's going to be exactly the same. I mean, <laughs> I've heard someone describe Bukowski as the... So it's this writer I know called um, Shimon Suleiman, and she has called him the patron saint of fuckboys. So... <laughs> I was really excited to read. And also another, actually, I was um, having drinks in Soho, because that's the sort of person I am, uh, having drinks in Soho with a friend, and some guys were trying to chat chat to her, and one had, like, a tattoo of a poem, and he was like, oh, it's by Bukowski? Do you know who that is? And my friend, who is an editor, was like, yes, I fucking know who Bukowski is. So it kind of gave me a real insight into the sort of person that reads Bukowski. So when you told me he was one of your favourite <laughs> authors... Oh, very exciting. Little red flag there, was it? Little red flag. Well, the thing is, the, the, the guy going, have you ever heard of Bukowski, does sound... Like a Bukowski reader. No, he sounds like a prat. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't say that to someone. I'm a Bukowski reader. Yeah. Um, no, anyway, so this week's book is Post Office, which is the debut novel by Charles Bukowski. I read this for the first time a couple of years ago, recommended by my friend Andy, a keen reader, and he locked onto the fact that I quite liked sort of shocking books, you know. And, I mean, years ago, he recommended me Brett Easton Ellis, American Psycho, mm. um, and I, I got into Hunter S. Thompson. And he said, oh, and we, I think we were talking about films, actually, and, and I'm sure this is a subject we'll come back to on this pod that I quite like shocking films. And he went, right, Post Office by B- Bukowski, it's just plain nasty. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, you're the inverted commas guest reader in this scenario so i'll ask yeah. you first and oh, no. give my opinion later but um i just want you to talk about this can we just have 40 minutes of you talking please i, I 
No, no, no. I, no. It's a difficult enough experience reading it. Right. So I'm getting you didn't like it, but go on. Tell me. Tell me how you I got. I didn't on. dislike it. Um, I had a bit of a Fahrenheit four five one thing. It's funny because these are two short novels, hmm. and it took me two weeks of reading thirty pages, and then I just sat down and read it in two hours. Um, but it took me a long time to, and it would it basically stifled my reading in other areas as well because I was like, I can't read anything else until I've read this, and yet two weeks later, that's for me how difficult a book it was. Um, yeah. and, and can I tell you why that surprises me actually? Um, mm. Because I, I I definitely get it. Like when you're reading a book that you're not enjoying, it becomes a chore to read, and therefore yeah. you don't fly through it. But the reason why I thought you'd still knock this out quickly is because. I did when I sat down to read it. Okay, like, fair uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it wasn't it, like I, I read a page a day. It was uh, read the first thirty pages, didn't touch it again for two weeks, and right, then was like, "Come yeah. on, get this done." Yeah, because linguistically, it's so simple, <sighs> almost painfully simple. Is it? Yeah. I just think there's so much kind of um, slang, and the vernacular he uses is just very specific to his time and. Uh, the character's cultural background and everything, and it, mm. I, I don't know. Like sometimes he was referencing, um, I think drinking or having sex, and it was like, oh, is this what he means? <laughs> that does come up once or twice. Sometimes, <laughs> um, but yeah, the words and the phrases he used, I like had to double check and you know reread the line. And be like, okay, I think this is what he means. Actually, I didn't find it. The language is simple, but the actual phrases, yeah, um, okay. I think, yeah. are quite of a time. Which if you're not used to that. Um, do you know what's interesting about yeah. that so and again I speak I've, I think I've read this was the first one but I then went on to read all of his novels I think there's I don't think I've read Pulp but anyway I, I've read the sequel to this Factotum and all the ones and actually he becomes far more poetic I thought mm-hmm. I, and when I was rereading this this week um, so we could discuss it I found this to be really basic. So yeah, that's... It's, I mean, it's that sort of very diary, bloggy, sort of basic kind of stuff. But in it terms is. of the phrases he uses and stuff, yeah. it's verging on dialect. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah. I think I think that's it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's very short sentences, I mean, straight to the point. So, lots of caps and all that sort of thing. <laughs> lots of caps. Um, terrible typos. Did you notice? There's loads and loads of typos in there. So loads. I c- could be wrong. Yes, there are. Um, so I think this was just a bit of a thing because um, he. I mean, he very much is the character that he writes. It was, you know, I, th- I think it's up to you whether you believe the nuance of some of the actual crime he commits in the book, yeah. whether he was that person in real life. Uh, the FBI did follow him and have him on a watch list. But so, you know, based on his literature. Um, however, I think the typos were because he used to, he genuinely was that classic sort of romantic version of a drunk writer. Yeah, uh, you know he he was on a you know a couple of bottles of wine writing late at night. And I think the typos are authentic, and I can only assume that they, just left, it in that they that left it in for that. Yeah, for that effect. Um, I could be wrong. It could just be a real bad administrative. But I mean, just why why not correct the typos? I don't get it. It separates you from the story because you're like, hang on, this is a formatting error. Because I didn't feel it was um, Chinaski's typos. I felt it was Bukowski's typos. It was okay, like, yeah, sort it out. Um, Off the top of my head, synopsis of this book. Yeah. Um, the 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 protagonist uh, Henry Chinaski works in or gets a job in the post office. Um, he is an adult. He's a down and out. He's a slob. He's a drinker. Um, he has a terrible attitude towards work. Um, and and throughout this book, he's mostly working in the post office. Uh, with and it just follows his day to day work, the ways he gets distracted, what he does with his free time. 
he gets fired he'll get hired in a brief warehouse job he goes to the racetrack a lot um, he does, there is a scene where he rapes a woman who he's supposed to be delivering post to. And he does it in this awful way, which is meant to be kind of comedic, where... Yes. Um, I read it yesterday, I think it's number nine if you're flicking through. For me, while it's horrific, it, it almost impressed me in the way that a really dark, horrible horror film impresses me. So basically he's... Oh, that was it. Rape, rape, I'm being raped, she was right. He yeah. ha- He does make a seem to be like a bit of a whack job anyway earlier on. So at first you're like, is this some weird fantasy thing that she's created in the beginning, the first half? And then it's like, oh, no, this is just you are actually... And I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't understand the point of it. I don't... um, This is not giving me insight into... I think because there's this lack of any sort of emotional depth to the character, I'm like, I don't even feel conflicted about him. It's just, why am I reading about this... (laughs) piece of shit like why am I doing that what is this doing yeah. for my life so I, I guess um, and I, 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 I definitely anticipated you having <laughs> that view and I, and I get it why, I get why yeah. you would actually um, for me it's just uh, I, I see it as a, a piece of art it's so unapologetically ugly um, like this whole book and, and not just that, <laughs> I'm, that sorry. I'm gonna have to put you unapologetically ugly it's like yeah men don't actually apologize much about this no sort no of stuff. okay so may, may <laughs> so so for, in this example there are a lot of books say say Hemingway I mean there's nothing that shocking in any Hemingway but he, you know he's he's an arrogant guy who you know a lot of his characters will be quite indifferent towards women but but they're like handsome men and they're a bit smooth same with American psycho mm. actually now now I didn't realize that would be a comparison that would come up but hey it came to my brain straight away we're actually um is he patrick bateman i can't mm. remember it's been a long time since i read it or watched it yeah, he's but he's, he's a really good looking guy he's got a great high power job um in all of bukowski's work because chinesky remains the protagonist you follow him right. in all of the, oh. the books oh, no yeah he said this the, it's all so the thing, um, i'm like i'm just thinking he he's he's just dies alone and you know but he's he's disgraceful there's nothing yeah. he's not a handsome guy he always refers to himself having this big beer gut and his dirty teeth and this bad skin it, Look how well men can do, even with all that. I think, but he's just—he's—he's he's not writing himself at all charming. You know? No, I know he's not, uh, and I don't. So I don't get the point. So I, don't, I get no well, backstory. I, like a, I don't know what his, his um, child is. That does that come in the next book? So you get a bit more of his childhood. Actually, yes. So the next book, I think, actually, is just an extension of this. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit better in places, a little bit more shocking. Right. But I do think it's a slightly more rounded book in the way he sets scenes and things. However, um, he there is a book called Ham on Rye which came later. Yeah. However, it's like a bit, you know how Star Wars like did a load of stuff then went and here's the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Hamon Rai is like that. Hamon okay. Rai is his childhood through teenage years uh, till eventually when he gets drafted uh, again. I read this while you were in Paris actually mm-hmm. when I was visiting you there so I'm trying to remember. Um, but yeah, he, um, that's like the childhood so you do get the background, you get the shitty parents, you get the school and like he had like acne and boils all over his body like so bad and so disfigured and painful and like do you know what I mean you know, mm. doesn't fucking justify anything um if to, if this was real however the character throughout his back catalogue does grow yeah does that make sense that doesn't mean you yeah, forgive it yeah <laughs> no no it's not about forgiving on I'm just like I mean we have very different views on stories that shock so I think the biggest thing for me is there's not really a plot. I'm like, what's mm-hmm. the well done you work? I, w- I kind of skimmed over, not skimmed over so much, but the terminology he was using in the post office, like, I don't really know what's going on. You're throwing cards at something or what, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. 
um, just talking about every woman's arse in the book. I'm like, fine, I will admire most women's asses as well, but it's just the way... It's like, surely there's better... I don't know. Um, See, this is the thing I thought you'd home in on, actually, mm. is that, like, yeah, um, I crept in and... and, and and grabbed onto Betty's ass, and Betty for the until she dies towards the end of the book, which I think is quite a powerful scene. Mm. Um, Betty is just an ass. That's like, the thing. You know, it wasn't. None of it was powerful for me because there was no emotion. I mm. wasn't with him through anything. I was like, "You're a horrible person. You don't care about anyone." In this scene where you probably should care about her, and you're kind of leaving it to the reader to go, "Look, he probably did care because he's at the funeral at least, and there's probably some sadness." But you're filling in those gaps for him. It's like having this really sad old male relative, and you kind of fill in all their emotional labour for them mentally to forgive them. And that's kind of what Bukowski's done here. It's like, by the way, here's the story. He's a complete asshole fill in everything else that you think might make him a nice human being or an understandable human being. Like, there's no real... I didn't I didn't find any emotional connection. I was really striving for it as well. I was like, okay, maybe with when he gets back to Betty May, there's something. But it was written so quickly. The scenes were just so... Um, boring, really. Like, he could have made more... For me, You could there could be much more of each scene. But there was nothing because there was no emotional character journey there was no character arc ultimately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the thing for me you need a character arc in a book so i'm yeah. like i have no investment in you whatsoever yeah um if he regretted having raped the woman if he regret anything of himself then that would be an mm-hmm. interesting thing and you understand the point but this for me is just by the way here's a complete asshole who's probably um i think this is why so many women maybe or you know i feel um, just kind of overwhelmed and a bit uh, sickened by this stuff because it's like you're just trying to shock. You're almost living out your sick, sordid, violent, wet dream of what you do to women um, with no uh, no real angle to it, no intelligent angle for me anyway. I didn't... I was like, well done, you're an asshole. <laughs> anything else, like anything else. And I was really searching for it. I kind of liked the fact that, you know, towards the end, like, I I was glad that he didn't keep the money. Like, I was glad that, yeah, and then he, uh, you know, because he started making some money on the races and then lost it again. I was That was the only thing that I was like, okay, cool, at least that's consistent. Like, obviously it would be even worse if he (laughs) then just lived happily ever after. Mm. Um, I don't know what he's trying to do with the book. I just, and I don't know if it's just as simple as me being a woman in, you know... Because it's not even about being a feminist, because old-fashioned women who aren't feminists as well would hate this because it's so yeah, so yeah. disgusting as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, no, I see that. Baffles me. Uh, I mean, so the, the only thing I could throw in... So did you like it or not? I can't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, I wanted to. I actually yeah. did, because I wanted to be open-minded. Like, I you, appreciate you, you reading know, it and giving it a chance. We've read Lolita. Like, I... That challenged me. Okay, so so interesting, actually. Yeah, we read Lolita, and you, yeah, you did like it. I did I like thought it. it was fantastic. Yeah, um, because the character was so convincing. Okay. And yeah. the char- all the characters were convincing and interesting, and it was, mm. wow, he's really committed to it. And, yeah, it challenges you as a reader because yeah, yeah. everyone has this internal life, and some people are sick in certain ways, and it makes you question the validity of emotion. But the difference was he had emotion, and I don't think Chinaski, even if he is this piece of shit, there's always an emotional dialogue to a degree. There's mm-hmm. always something going on inside that isn't just, I fucking hate everyone, I want to kill everyone. Mm. 
it felt like there needed to be something more um, honest. That's it. It felt it felt dishonest. Yeah. So therefore, it made me think. Okay, he's writing for a certain type of reader who he wants. Like so, Chinaski is writing to shock people. He's not actually being honest about what's going on in his mm-hmm. internal world. Because in your internal world, something reminds you of something when you were a child. Something hurts you. Something you're angry for, for actual reasons deep down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I loved it. Right, it's about 17 minutes. Can we read next, uh, next <laughs> book? <laughs> yeah. Well, all, I, all I'd say, because the weird thing is, I... Sorry, <laughs> Carrie, this is... I said no. you needed to talk more than Maeve on this one. No, because it's, it's interesting, because I could just sit here and go, I like this book, it's really dark, but that's not interesting. <laughs> yeah, because you it? like being shocked. And here's what yeah. I was going to say. It's, and the, the, the only thing, because the only thing I can liken it to is horror films I love horror films some people fucking hate horror films why on earth would you want to watch horror films I love them and not only do I like horror films I get frustrated by most of them because I'm like no come on actually scare me actually shock me and I do sometimes watch a film that genuinely really shocks and scares the life out of me and I, I love that it's that little adrenaline thing it, it you know it doesn't mean I uh, and, and this is the thing where you can act interestingly you're not being like this but some people will be very why on earth would you want to read mm. about you know um a, a scene where he pulls a knife on someone or a scene where he rapes a woman like you know it's like no i don't think those things are good mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm liking being shocked by the the artwork yeah uh so that's all i caveat it with but yeah. at the same time i 100 percent get somebody not liking a book of this nature because you're right there's not um there's not like so lolita uh, that we just mentioned is incredibly shocking because it's a guy that's so romantically and sexually you know obsessed with an underage girl mm-hmm. that's so shocking that's yeah. you know it's a book on pedophilia it's yeah. ridiculous however there's as you just said there is such depth to that character and yeah. that book and the Arthur story is just you don't like the character straight away you're not but you're yeah. but you're understanding his journey absolutely and, and it so, feels honest it felt honest yeah that's the thing. and I get that actually with Bukowski um or the, particularly this Bukowski I get it. There's there's maybe not that payoff for for somebody. So mm. somebody couldn't go, well, this bit shocked me, but actually I was taken by the character. Yeah. Now, for me, this may steer it in a slightly different direction. There were... Now, bear with me. There were <laughs> bits of this that I related to. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not any of the criminal bits. Don't get me wrong. No, no. But so, for example, the way he talks about getting up at 5am, walking in the pissing rain... Yeah, yeah. yeah hating uh, work. Answering some dickhead boss, getting paid, like... A terrible wage. It, it takes me back to you know all the shit jobs I had when I was younger, um, and actually interestingly because um, this was published when Bukowski was fifty, and yeah. genuinely he was that age grafting in post offices, yeah. trying to get his writing. Is it meant to be some sort of social statement? Yeah, it, he's, he's he's like it's meant to be about the work American workforce. Yeah, so I watched um, an interview with him a long time ago, um, and. Yeah, he well, no, he said that it's basically the 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 slobs and the low life and the lower than working class mm-hmm. um, are not properly um, represented in any work of fiction. Yeah, that was his thing. He 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 went a bit like I was saying earlier. He went everyone just dresses it up in some way. I mean, he yes, he is glorifying himself as a down and out, but he's also giving a very honest account of it. I mm. think. Um, but yeah, so that that what I really relate to in all of his work is the having to put up with bosses and yeah. weird co-workers and shit customers um and that was one thing i really related to actually um 
And I guess that's the thing, you know. And then he almost, because his attitude towards it is so, it was really shit, but fuck it. Then I went and had a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and there, when you're reading it, you're getting to live the, the person you wish you were towards your shit job. Whereas mm-hmm. in reality, we're just like English and go home and just be a bit, you know, yeah. pent up angst about it yeah. and get up the next day. So I was reading this book goes, yeah, I wish I was that. Angry. You know, I worked in a warehouse when I was at uni um, in West London. And actually, while the work wasn't always bad, it was like, you know, the, there were just twat bosses and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and I guess, yeah, reading something like this made me wish I was the the brave, the, the, the sort of brave don't give a fuck that he was. You hate people being rude, though, don't you? You you cannot stand no. it if someone's sort of speaking to you and they're, um, they might be flustered or rushed or angry or blah, 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 and you you basically never forgive them, do you? I'm Whereas, quite unforgiving um, with, yeah. yeah, rude people. Whereas I've been that person too many times, so I'm like, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't hate people who do the same to me because I've yeah. easily lost my patience. What's the name of that test where the, if the women speak to each other? Bechdel test. Right. Does this book pass the... I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't that is one thing I would say so. I would want more. And this is something where Hemingway does give you a bit more is there's, there's, there's no growth. There's nothing to the women characters. It's hugely poignant when Betty does die. Yeah, it is. Well, um, it has a, for me, it has the potential to be poignant. But it goes past in such a flash, actually. In a, Part of me wonders if it's quite a clever thing that he... Keeps you on the edge because there are all these different scenarios and like, okay, maybe this is reaching a meaningful moment. Okay, maybe this is reaching a meaningful moment. Okay, maybe this is it. Maybe th- and it, it never is. Mm-hmm. It never is. It's just this linear blah 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 yeah. series of events, um, which in a way you can say, oh, that is just life. Um, but there's, you know, isn't what makes us human the fact we grow. Like we all have a thousand stories within our own lives. You know, if you were to just take a year of our lives, you could find mm. a story, you could find a midpoint reversal, you could find the point where you changed and learned and grew. Mm. Even if you then changed back a year later or you hadn't properly, you know, there's, you can take those snapshots. And I just like, there's, I couldn't find a snapshot in that at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was kind of impressed that he didn't like murder his own, his, you know, the, the younger wife, you know, I was like, oh, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. Oh, you should read the sequel. Um, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So with, Betty's death, yeah. I, I think he does get towards poetic Bukowski and what mm-hmm. in later books is a, right. becomes a bit more his style. Obviously, it's still swamped in drunkenness and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, so here's, here's the scene where Betty's in the hospital and about to die. Her eyes opened. They were beautiful again. Bright, calm blue. I knew it would be you, she said. Then she closed her eyes. Her lips were parched. Yellow spittle had caked at the left corner of her mouth. I took a cloth and washed it away. I cleaned her face, hands and throat. I took another cloth and squeezed a bit of water on her tongue. Then a little more. I wet her lips. I straightened her hair. I heard the women laughing through the sheets that separated us. Um, And then I don't think I'll be able to do the bit of dialogue, but he says, Betty, 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 please, I want you to drink some water. Just a sip of water. Not too much. Just a sip. She didn't respond. I tried for ten minutes. Nothing. Now, um, I think that's quite sweet. And do you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you ever watched this show. I can't think of us ever having watched it together. Um, Everybody Loves Raymond. No, I've never seen it. Have you not? No. Oh, it's on like Channel 4 in the morning. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Okay, so so this is more for listeners than for you. But the um, Raymond's parents like argue like cat and dog forever in all the episodes in all the series. They're that old couple that just moan, oh, I'm, you know, refer to each other as the enemy and whatever. Uh And and the the dad in particular is quite sort of unfeeling and oh she winds me up all the time she can go off with another man, another man if she wants but anyway there's one scene where they've sort of had this argument she's quite hysterical lying in bed um, and he sort of holds her 
and sort of like just holds her and calms her down. And he's like, I think they've been at a party or something. He's kind of like wiping her makeup off mm. her face. Um, oh, that, don't ever do that to me. You would ruin my eyes, the skin around my eyes. I poke you in the don't, eye accidentally. Don't, you, anyway. yeah, don't, so he's, he's wiping the makeup off her face and she sort of just like stops crying. And, Not a realistic scene. And, <laughs> and, and the punchline is, he, he sort of goes quiet and the punchline, he just goes, I like you without the crap on your face. But right, it, yeah, yeah. You, you have to watch it to get the... Is it meant to be quite tender? It's a very tender, lovely moment. And anyone listening that's watched it will know what I'm talking about. This is what it reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, and any woman who's wiped makeup off her eyes will be like, no one else can ever fucking do this. See, me. this do is why you don't like this book. Eyes. You're not willing to... <laughs> See, but I'm no, very close-minded. Is, um... I'm kind of annoyed at myself for not liking it. I was, I was hoping that I would be, uh, yeah, open-minded as a reader. But I'm just like, oh, man, could you just have a day off? No, I, yeah, I get that. And that does, you know... Well, you know the rest. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But yeah, no, so my point is actually, this is that that death scene of Betty is a tender moment yeah. in the middle. And I do, I enjoy that contrast in a book that you are just reading because it's a lot of drunkenness. It's mm. a lot of just unwashed. Boys being boys, you know. Well, man being, he's very solitary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. like he has buddies or anything or companions. No. In some of the other books, he does actually. Um, and yeah, and then there, there is the moment where, and almost, I don't know if your brain is doing the rest of this work, but suddenly you realise that Betty meant everything to him and maybe he realises he's mm. always neglected her for the lifestyle he leads yeah. and maybe he realises she's been an accessory. I don't mm. know why, but that scene did move me and with all yeah. those things in mind. No, it did. It was a moving scene. Um, I'm really sorry that I'm not good at this, but I think it's because it's so short. I don't have a huge amount to say about it no. other than the typos. Other, I will say it is great in terms of character, like it's a very convincing character. Yeah, okay, that's, a, um, that's fair. I, obviously, the representation of women is abominable, but also that's fine because that is also in character. Yeah. There are men that literally don't think women are, have souls, mm. some friends that we even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there are, you know, men who don't think women have souls, and he clearly <laughs> use, has to use women, um, they're only... Yeah, they're only in his life because they're kind of useful to a degree, it would seem. Betty would hint that she was a bit more um, more of a romantic connection. Um, so I suppose that's... It is It is interesting also. For me, I did feel a bit sad toward the, towards the end um, okay. because he didn't have his child, um, yeah. you know. And, but, yeah, I was filling in the gaps of all that emotion. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting, actually, because... And like I say, I haven't read one of them, but you do go through... Like, the next book... He is kind of even more shocking and not giving a fuck. He's trying to get his shit together a little bit more. Mm. But it's funny. But And then you read each book as you go through it. And it gets to the point where 
there is one book and i forget if it's women or hollywood but he's a bit older and it's so throwaway the book is not that good because right. it's just it's it's a big exaggeration of everything in the post office except and 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 it works in the grand scheme of things because you go okay henry chinesky by this point doesn't give a fuck because mm-hmm. he's just had no luck and yeah it's kind of his fault because of his attitude but but the book itself you just go wow did like that if you think this didn't have a character arc then that that book does not however it does come come all back around with ham on rye where you get his childhood that's incredible actually maybe we should have read that yeah i'm interested in that Um, stuff um um, should we hold off on those for a bit actually i think there's some more yeah yeah um well um just don't want to go over like 50 minutes really okay fine um yeah but no i'm i'm really glad you read this book. I'm glad I read it. I was so interested in what you made of it. it. Um, Who was there? Was someone on Twitter that was that said they liked it? Uh, Zara, yeah. So yeah. I follow him. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Someone I follow as well. Um, lovely man. Um, hopefully he will listen to this. Okay. And, but uh, he liked it, didn't he? He was. Yeah, I think he liked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, think, I don't know if he liked post office or just loves Bukowski, but yeah. Okay. Um, it would have been interesting actually to get uh, get, and we'll have to do this retrospectively. But it would have been interesting to get a line or two from him, yeah. just for a third person's opinion <laughs> yeah. on this, actually, because we're obviously very. Uh, polarized on well, he can he can tweet us about it as can you on Dabblers Books. Uh, we are on Twitter um, at Dabblers Books and also our website dabblersbookclub.com mm. Please uh, message us if you've got anything to say about any books. Yeah, and another thing I'm, I'm told is really useful to us actually is if you sort of give it stars. Oh yes, please on review. The podcast apps yeah, we would and love review. You to review. That really helps us. Um, obviously, this is a new pod, and you're listening from the start, which is amazing. Because it, it will get better. Yeah. It has to get better. <laughs> it has to. It we has would to. hope so, We're wouldn't so you? Sorry. Yeah. So here's a thing we like to do, and if you've listened to the episode so far, you'll know um, Amazon reviews are hilarious well one star amazon the people that are appalled on amazon are really hilarious um i'm guessing actually so we're gonna read some one star reviews of the post office i'm guessing they're all from you Um, (laughs) but um damn it but yeah uh now was it last time sally rooney where we couldn't find any they weren't funny were they weren't that funny there were some sort of interesting points um i think we might have a similar thing here no Um, because i imagine this book does shock and disgrace people in the way it Sort yeah, of has you. So, of. Um, yeah, so. but you know, it's not it, it's not shocking and disgraceful to me. It's just like, all right, mate. You know what I mean? It's because there's no extra story well, with it. You can put that as your Amazon review. Yeah, all right, mate. How'd you yeah. how'd you woodland? All right, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like okay, well done. It, it's not like I'm clutching my pearls. It's just all right. Anything you really want to say that you know connects with anyone else? Nah. Hmm. Um, w L has put a classic, I believe. This, like Catcher in the Rye, I bought because I had heard it was a classic. It does get you into the head of a thick, alcoholic chancer. Very dystopian, but I just came out of it thinking, why bother? Just not my sort of thing. Okay. I don't think it's thick, though. I mean, that's like, that's, it's not thick. And also, this whole... is not dystopian at no, all. This I is mean, very, very of dyst- its time. I think that is someone who doesn't, yeah. I mean, no. I don't understand books, but that okay. is, okay. Who else? Um, as dull as the job he describes. Having heard people rave about this novel, I finally succumbed. A drunken boar's ramble, repetitive, dull, and badly written. Avoid. Life is too short. Do you know what that reminds me of, actually? Mm. Um, saying about the fact that the post office job is boring. Um, now, I can't remember. Remind me. Does does he talk about being a writer in this book? Like a, a wannabe writer? Does he refer to that at all? Or is he just a post office guy, part-time job slob? Okay. I don't think he does. Because Henry Chinaski... No, it, I think... I feel... Oh, I, I, th- I don't know. Uh, okay, so Henry Janowski is a wannabe writer, mm. and that does come into the books. And I, I think I made this point to you recently. 
so much literature, old books, new books, the protagonist is a writer. writer. I know, it's really annoying. Uh, like, writes I love, but I am just fed up. Of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, Films do it as well. Everyone's trying to write their play or write a song or write a book. It's like, oh, come on. So actually, someone working in a post office is, is, I think, a great setting for a book. Yeah, obviously, that is null and void by the fact that this character is a writer, writer, certainly latter in in Bukowski's works. But why do so many writers do that? Like Hemingway's characters, and sorry, Hemingway's coming up a lot today. Is it because they're writers and they can only write what they know, which is writing? Um, Yeah, but it's like as if you've never done another job in your life, like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. No. And even books I love, George Orwell, like the protagonist of uh, Keep the Aspidistra Flying, is a wannabe writer. And I'm like, and I love that book, so I'm not here to slag mm. it off. But there's just so many examples, and that's the first one that's come to mind. And yeah, I always want to read a book about someone who <laughs> is anything but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Aloysius Jumbo wrote Drivel, one of the poorest books I've ever read. Man holds job down for a period of several years despite being a drunken bum. The end. Substitute the B in the author's surname for an F and that's what you can do as far as I'm concerned. I like that. Well done, Lotus. Fukowski. Fukowski. Or if you were German, Fukowski. <laughs> um, man holds job down for a period of several years despite being a drunken bum. The end. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Fine. That is what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a, that's a quick synopsis. That, <laughs> that is what happens. Um, a reviewer writes... This is possibly the worst properly published novel I've ever read. So I feel like this person has been given their friend's draft manuscripts, uh, which have been published. This is possibly the worst properly published novel I've ever read. A complete bore from beginning to end. All it is is a collection of unrelated, tenuously related at best events. On top of that, is it sloppily written? Well, it is, yes. And that's kind of, I think... That's the style. That's the style, yes. But fine if you Have you read any of other Bukowski's other stuff? Like, you do non-fiction stuff and everything. Like, what's his writing like outside Uh, of his character? I've... Very similar. Very similar. Um, so that is it, him. It's weird though. I've read. Um, he's got an on writing, unlike mm-hmm. all writers have. But that's that's kind of a largely collection of letters to like publishers mm-hmm. or his publisher mostly. Um, yeah, that's like collections of letters, and it's some thoughts on writing. Um, I mean, it's very unedited. It's a very rough read. You have to really stick with it and want to learn about Bukowski. Um, but he was a weirdly incoherent guy. So mm-hmm. it's actually, I say it's well worth a look on YouTube. It's quite a challenging watch on YouTube. But he was quite famous for book talks that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, these went on. He died in, I want to say, 94. Yeah, and 94. He, was, he was doing these right up till he was old, um, where he would turn up to give a lecture and he'd turn up, and, and like I say, I, there is one particularly famous one on YouTube, and it's, you know, grainy 90s camera, but he turns up, like, barely giving a shit. The crowd are all, like, they're cheering, but they they yeah. know who he is, so they're trying to get a reaction, they're mm-hmm. heckling. He turns up with this briefcase with papers falling out of it and just a bottle of wine, um, and he's he just gets, he's, he's drunk, you can tell when he starts talking, and um, he sort of goes, all right, fuck you, I'll read another poem. And he sort of rustles through the papers for an awkwardly long time. Mm. Um, and, and there's interesting, there's an argument in the comments. Well, I don't know if it's still there, but... And it says how, like, this is performance art. Yeah. Bukowski was a performance artist when he gave these lectures. He wanted to make the audience as uncomfortable as possible. Oh, I see. And it's weird, because wow. he... he he wasn't necessarily reading his most shocking work and like reading out rape scenes and stuff. He was just reading, you know, because um, his poetry actually I, I kind of struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I think I read you a couple in that bookshop um, in Saint Germain. Yeah. Um, 
it's I, I I do think that's just words for words sake, but yeah. I think that poetry on yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and anyway, so he was a performance artist. I think he 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 was about challenging people's comfort, obviously yeah. in a you know that that he's doing it on stage. He's not you know genuinely making people uncomfortable in real life, but um. I forget that. I forget. The no, point. but it's interesting looking at him as an artist more than a writer. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. A, in a way, like he's a creator of a yeah. character. And the other interesting thing with him is, you hear him talking about other writers, and and he is savage. Yeah. He he will be like he'll say Kerouac just rubbish. That's just <laughs> bad writing. So and so bad writing. He'll, he'll call people out. Classic writers. So just a he, mean, he thinks, miserable man on the inside as well. Then it, no, but it's weird because the ones he loves, he thinks are fantastic. And I'm trying to think. Um, now I'm going to pronounce it wrong. But John Fante, John Fant. It's called like Ask him. Ask the Dust or something. Anyway, there's a, there's a book. <laughs> that, I know so little. That, that's the writer and that particular book. But he goes on about as you know just genius but he'll sort of go and nothing good's been written since then like oh, wow, he's, okay. he's very you know he's quite brutal i would say you pronounce that fante fante one yeah. would think but... um ask the dust i think it's it's called is yes, a book yeah. that bukowski sort of heavily heavily influenced by i think i've got it ordered actually and it's coming in the post i got some book vouchers for christmas if he talks about other writers like that it sounds deeply unpleasant and because i'm i don't know I, I can't imagine someone who writes the way he writes would then be able to say someone like Kerouac can't write you know it's, it's it, it is weird yeah. given the simplicity of his writing yeah. um but yeah he really does not hold back it's a bit like Aphex Twins like it mm-hmm. as a musician oh, right. um he goes yeah the music I make is the best otherwise I wouldn't make it wow I, I don't think there's much other good music and I mean you know I don't know him, but I've you know yeah. see, like read a few interviews, and he seems the same. He seems very, very solitary, very not plugged in. You know, whereas some it's very solipsistic some, kind of some, world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, some writers are incredibly like in a circle of writers that yeah. all hang out, like you know James Joyce and Co. in Paris, yeah. and you know history's littered with that. And same with musicians, you know. And then there are some that are just solitary, and it's probably easier to go against the grain yeah, and to champion mean. your own art, slag off everyone else's. A certain personality type maybe feels the need to do that. Um, we'll read one last review out. Um, Pigeonhammer says, A big load of nothing at all. That's almost a song. When you say nothing at all. Uh, Pigeonhammer writes, A big load of nothing at all. Um, that excellent Ronan Keating song. Before reading Post Office, I was really hopeful that I'd be in for a witty sideways look at the world of work, a nihilistic appraisal of the futility of menial labour, or at least a good laugh. What I got was a poorly written ego trip that felt very one note and ultimately directionless. This is the first book that I've ever read by Charles Bukowski and I've got to say that I'm not very impressed. If you want a book filled with juvenile ideas about women, sexism, glorification of alcoholism, obvious humour and zero plot, then you've come to the right place. Maybe the guy should have spent more time learning how to punctuate sentences and less time admiring his own literary genius. And the genius is in speech marks. Hmm. So not a fan. (laughs) Not a massive no. fan. I mean, what do you think to the fact that he was 50 when he wrote this? This was his debut piece of work. He's obviously, I think by the time you're 50, you must damn well know your writing style. Yeah, like, he, I'm guessing, so. you know, um, he's convinced that this is the way to go. I guess as soon as you put stuff out in the open, though, that is when it can really start. Because 
you're finally committing yourself to being read by people rather than just writing. Mm. And so how you how comfortable you feel will change about what people read. If that makes sense, that's sort of a convoluted way. No, yeah, um, I, I definitely get that. Um, so that's probably the the test. Yeah. Um, I sorry, what was your question again? You asked. No, but I think I, I definitely what you just said is it, it's it's not really writing until people read it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and, and form their opinion of it, and that helps to form its place in the world. Maybe yeah, but it helps your vo- it helps you understand your voice in the world because if people because you do not need criticism, but ultimately you want some sort of constructive feedback. And if people say certain things, you go, actually, you know what? I haven't let my voice be heard really. Mm. Like, yeah, I've written a book, but actually, that still doesn't feel like me. And mm. you know, there's more to put out there. It's an important step in that process, but actually, I'm not really expressing myself or writing to the best of my ability or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I just, I, what was it, were you talking about it's well written or not? Um, well, I'm ju- I'm just wondering because with with one star review commenters saying you know he needs to go back and work out how to write, and it's like no, I think oh, yeah. I think he know. He, oh, he knows how to write, and he's got a yeah. style. Um, but yeah, the writing isn't. The, it's very very convincing because the way it's uh, you know the language he uses a lot of language. Like I said at the beginning, I don't quite understand everything that he's talking about sometimes. Um, just his turn of phrase and everything. It's very specific to a certain man at a certain point in his life in a yep. certain place in America at yep. a certain time in America as well. You know, there's all. I think he speaks for um, a certain you know tranche of society really. Um, but it just didn't do anything for me. I wasn't shocked mm-hmm. and I wasn't impressed. So I was just like, all right, mate. <laughs> nope, fair and enough. That is my but, but fair <laughs> enough for you to, for, for reading something a mile out of your comfort zone and seeing what yeah, it's all it's, about. It's, yeah, it's not even comfort zone, it's interest mm. area. Like, yeah, yeah, I did find the rate difficult to a degree, but then, like, you know, it is just words. It is just someone mm. writing a scene. Yeah. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Why was this necessary? It's... Mm. And I think this is what's interesting about a lot of um, people, mainly men, who write stuff like this. They think that women are feminists or, you know, people with certain ideas are shocked and upset and outraged by it. It's like, we're not. We're just not very impressed. It's like... You, yeah. You know, well, that's like that terrible that, comedian. I was going to say yeah. that comedian, yeah. Oh, God. So we went to... Um, God, Soho Theatre comes yeah, up Yeah, which lot, is usually it? amazing. And he was we very too much not... Time there. But he was not their usual sort of comedian, I would say. There there was an American comedian who was trying to do the Frankie Boyle, Jim Jim Jeffries, Bill Burr, Louis C.K. kind of super shocking thing and things and, and and like how i like books like yeah, this like, and how doing, Jeffries, I, I love those sorts of comedians and this guy just he was doing all those things but there was just no comedic payoff yeah there was no comedic payoff he wasn't he was and and he at one point because he was offending some people in the crowd like you know people were laughing wasn't offending, i just wasn't laughing there were some people in the crowd i think ourselves included who just weren't you know, yeah. just not laughing, but it's fine. Crack yeah, on with the yeah, show. And and he made some comment like, oh, there are people in here tonight who bought their pissed off no, girlfriends. He was like, you've all brought your, your angry girlfriends with you. And yeah. it's like, oh, well done on dividing your audience first. Well, and I almost wanted to go, no, mate, I, I like the comedians you're trying to be. You're, you're just not them. You're just shite. Like, you're, yeah. you're doing all the offence without any comedic timing or interesting and payoff thing, or, it's not or self-deprecation. It's not offensive, is it? It's just like, okay, you're just not my cup of tea, love. It's not yeah. particularly intelligent. Um, you haven't worked hard at producing your material. You're just what one thing he was describing was having a threesome with two stereotypes of sort of yokel type women. Um, where it was like, well done, and another was like a joke at 
the expense of one of Kevin Spacey's alleged victims. And it's like, you're not, this isn't but he did, Yeah, he didn't have that Ricky Gervais thing of dressing up very shocking subject matter, but the punchline's in the right place, yeah. the joke's on the, 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 right, the, right, the right person. And it wasn't, it was like... The just, joke was just on, yeah, the victim, on the um, victim. Yeah, which is a bit shit. Anyway. He was the worst comedian I've ever seen. I bet he... But yeah, he I bet probably, he loves Bukowski. Yeah, he must like Bukowski, which doesn't make me feel great. <laughs> all, all this pod's done has made me feel a bit shit about I'm one so of my favourite authors. I'm so sorry, I'm so um, sorry. But no, this you, is, I think this is all I'm doing actually about your life. <laughs> hey, you've got a girlfriend who loves you. Now lose all the things that you thought you needed. We have been together two years, and I've had a career change. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Sorry. I wanted to do that. Um, right, uh, I think that is God. We I thought I was going to speak for about five minutes on that, but apparently I can complain about things for a long time. Who knew? <laughs> I had half a clue. Um, so well we need to end as we always end and give it some sort of rating I feel like this might be difficult I really feel like I shouldn't have given Handmaid's Tale 6.5 now that because I don't want to give this I don't want to give this much lower than three and a half okay, okay that's right so and, and you need to give some reasoning um, three and a half one for the character uh, one for Betty's death no, let's just say th- 3.5 based on how strong the character was and how believable the okay, character was. Okay, so basically it would be a zero had he not of... Yeah, well, done, if the key, a... well, if the protagonist wasn't there, it would be a zero, yeah. yeah. Well, if the protagonist wasn't there, there'd be no trouble. <laughs> that, that's my point. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah three, I would say 3.5 uh, because everything else just didn't really do it for me. Um, the, 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 the style of the writing didn't really hook me. There was no emotional connection for me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it didn't make me think about my life or anything really. And I do that a lot. So you've got to work really hard as a writer to not make me think about my life and get depressed. So he actually stopped you thinking. He stopped me, yeah. Okay, fine. So, I, well, if it was just me rating this, I would go 8 out of 10. What would you do if I wasn't here? What would you rate? 8 would, out of 10. Okay, right. No, because we're going to have to, in a minute, find a num- I know, but I number in the middle. I thought you'd I thought you would like this is your 10 out of 10 book. No, so if... Um, so this isn't my favourite Charles Bukowski book. Okay. This was... I think this is... This is his first book, but then if you do go on, yeah, you do. I know you're going to roll your eyes, but you go on a Bukowski journey. Okay. You you know you you get. In fact, the sequel to this, Factotum, uh, in my opinion, is his best work. I think, and Hamon Rye is fantastic as well. Um, Why has no one come up with a Charles Bukowski branded whiskey that's called Bukowski? Bukowski. We'll edit it out and we'll um, get something going in the bathtub. And, uh, I'm joking. We live in North London. We can't afford a bath. Um, and um, yeah, so I, w- I would give it an out of ten on the, the on the basis that it is one of my favourite authors. It's not one of my favourite book books by him, but I do think it's great and a good place for anyone to start. I would recommend this book. But, but yeah, I, I think this is a strong eight out of ten. I think it's a fantastic book. So we need to find a number between. Yeah, I would also recommend it to friends uh, just so they. Uh, if they have two hours to spare, just so they can say they've read a Bukowski. Um, yeah. So we're not yeah. just judging him based on everything we've told about the work. So you can back up your stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> not no, really. I, no, no I it's, do... it's important to, you know, it's obviously it's important to read anything really, isn't it? You, you shouldn't just um, dismiss books. Um, you know, like Lolita, I was worried about reading Lolita. I was like, I don't think, I, you know, I had this idea of this really pervy writer writing this sick book, and it wasn't that at all. So I was hoping this would be a similar thing, but it wasn't. Yeah, so, there we our, go. our soundproofing curtains falling down, by it's the way. But, down, I've, with, with but you've made me up. think of another thing I wanted to say, <laughs> which backs up your point. And I can't stand that we're about that I'm about to make this comparison to Bukowski, but. 
Yeah, you you didn't like it at all. You you didn't like your preconceptions of him, but you did read it just so you had read it and you couldn't you could yeah. speak with some knowledge. If you're going to speak about um, yeah, if you're going to speak about something, you need yeah. to know what you're talking about. Ultimately, you yeah. can't just have this idea of something yeah. without reading it. Um, but anno- I'm I'm annoyed that this was what I feared it would be. I actually hoped for so much more. Okay. I was hoping that I would question it and think like like I did with Lolita like I did with something that was very very challenging and yeah. I didn't um, I was just like oh this alright nothing's happened here never mind no fair enough but you you know you gave it a well so now when we talk about Bukowski you can go it's shit and I've read it so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, right. I, I maintain it's great uh, and would recommend so you gave it 3.5 over 8 mm, what's in the middle of those two numbers uh, 5.5 uh, 5.75 let's go for a 5.5 we'll go for a 5.5 yeah. okay so the Post Office by Charles Bukowski gets a 5.5 out of 10. What are we doing next time? Next time we will be reviewing Fleischman is in Trouble by Taffy Bradessa Ackner, uh, which I am very excited about. We can be frank, can't we? We've both already read it. We've both read it and we're uh, going to record it soon. Record it tomorrow? Yeah. Cool. But for now, let's go to bed. Let's go to bed. Um, or watch Dracula. Yeah, actually, let's, let's, no, let's watch Dracula. <laughs> let's watch Dracula. Yeah, cool. uh, thank you so much for listening. We have been the Dabblers Book Club. If you would like to find out more, please head to our website. That's dabblersbookclub.com or tweet us, follow us on Twitter as we've got about 10 followers right now and we need to boost that. So we are at Dabblers Books on Twitter. You can email us, Hadger or Curtis, at dabblersbookclub.com. Please let us know if you've got any book suggestions, thoughts, comments on the podcast itself or on the books. Um, if you agree, disagree hate everything you've heard um want to hear so much more please get in touch we would love to hear from you definitely thank you so much for listening thank you we will see you soon bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.